All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. Good morning, everybody! Fired up today, Cam. People might not be listening in the morning. Good afternoon, everybody! No matter where you are or where you're consuming this content, we bid you a good day. I'm sitting here with Danger Dan to my left, at Coombe across from the table, and Rick sitting in for Chris, who is lounging in Mexico. He's probably up, by the time we're recording this, it is 11.15 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Chris probably been up for six hours. Two square meals, probably a nap by now. Yep. Yep. Now, like responding to emails. Yesterday, we were texting Chris, and he was sending us a cocktail, a new cocktail, probably every eight minutes. Were they his though, or were we just like? Well, that's what we want to random know. Random ones from around the book. Excuse me, miss. I just need to take a quick photo of this to impress my friends. This is what we need to know because they were different kinds of daiquiris. There was some straight tequila on the rocks. This doesn't sound like a Chris order, Cam. On the rocks. They don't count unless he shows you him drinking them. There you go, Chris. You're a liar, man. You're doing Mexico wrong because you wake up too early and it bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> And more time for activities. No siestas. You just get to the bar. 9.30 a.m. Help him set up. Sayalita. I told him that one of the best things about going to Mexico is trying to barter with locals and like the weird little markets and shit. Watching Chris barter with a Mexican dude trying to like get knickknacks and tchotchkes would have been hilarious. He would get, he would get talked into paying more for that. <laughs> yes. Jared's waving a finger at us. What's going on over there? <laughs> We're back. We're live. There it is. Hello, Dan. Are you here? No. Dan is a figment of all allegedly, of our in my opinion. Now, I don't know where you, the listener, came into this. <laughs> we were complaining about Chris for a couple of minutes, but Good now morning. I guess we'll turn to the Oilers. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Good evening. 
wherever you are, good day. On this day, November 30th, 2018, the Edmonton Oilers made a waiver claim first thing in the morning. Valentin Zykov. Cam Valentin came, hold on a Zykov. Cam, Cam is that how we pronounce running it? Running into the here's, office. Here's how it's, here's how it's pronounced uh, via Elite Prospects. Valentin Zykov. Let me try that one more, one more time. Valentin Zykov. We're learning where I the speakers are. Valentin Zykov. I don't know if we're going to do that. Valentine. Happy uh, Valentine. Let's just call him Valentine. Yeah. Valentin Zikov. The Oilers made a waiver claim of Valentin Zikov. Patrick from... Russell goes down, just for the record. I'm not sure who's We're going to get to that, this. my friend, because this is an important thing. Now that we've got Valentin Zikov in the Carolina Hurricanes, the young man, the 23 year old drink of water, he is six foot one, 223, 223 <laughs> pounds of Russian beef. 223 out. Yeah, I, I struggle with the language sometimes. Dan, what do you want from me? Hey. In 2018, Zekov has three assists in 13 games with the Carolina Hurricanes. Not playing a whole lot by the looks of things. But last year, 2017-18, he had three goals, four assists in 10 points with the Hurricanes. In 10 games with the Hurricanes. So three goals, four assists, seven points, 10 games. In the AHL, though, he had 33 goals, 21 assists, 54 points in 63 games. Boys, real quick, around the horn. What do you think about the waiver pickup, Dan? I'll start with you. If there's anything we like in Edmonton, it's an AHL score. <laughs> a reclamation project, if you will. Yes. There's tons of, there's tons of Edmonton connection here because... Uh, We're going to get into the history in a minute, Dan. Oh, yeah, you, went, you did a deep dive. I this did. is like, there's some layers to this waiver pickup. I got excited. There's some history Dan's here. Dan's got like a scroll here filled with about... A thousand words, so I think we're, we're we're gearing ourselves up for a Dan monologue. If anybody is um, wanting to just like kind of skip ahead, wow! <laughs> this fast forward. Cam, what do you think about the pickup of Valentina Zikov? Go ahead and skip ahead right now. <laughs> you skip ahead of my part. Uh, low risk, high reward. Zikov could be good. He, the Oilers have a great history of excellent Russian wingers on their team, so why not see what happens? You never know unless you try. Rick. Yeah, I'm okay with it. It's uh, yeah, low cost. Um, keeps a couple guys down that don't need to come up this year that people kept trying to bring up prematurely. Uh, it's another guy on the in the spot to keep Yamo down for a little while. According to our friends at Elite Prospects, Dan, before we get into your trade history, they say Zikov is a highly skilled, offensive-minded player. Zikov is strong, skates very well, and has impressive hands and creativity. Good score and potential to become a high-scoring player in the future. That sounds good, right, Dan? Yeah, it's not a it's not a bad thing to have on your team. Tell us how we got here. So, uh, Zikoff was drafted 37th overall, which was drafted. He was drafted by the LA Kings, and uh, we actually had that pick originally. Go ahead. So we traded down uh, twice during that draft for that pick. So uh, from LA, we got the 57th overall and the 88th overall pick. Mm-hmm. We then turned the 57th overall pick to St. Louis. We turned that into the 94th. The 83rd and the 113th. Award. Oh, love those late round picks, Rick. Those are good numbers, though. 94 and 83. This is like wow. a, this is like a this is like a scratch card. No wonder we had to roll a dice on. Got to get the scratch cards. You're Dan. buying a scratch card and you're scratching off just to see. Just so this was a Mac T Mac T draft move that mm. he did, and uh, the players that he picked up from those were uh, Bogdan Yakimov, who's played <laughs> one game for us. Man, I had high hopes for that guy. Anton oh. Slepashev. I had high hopes for him as well. Oh, Anton Slepyshev scored a goal for the Oilers in the playoffs. Yes. So it was worth it. Slepy's a solid <laughs> dude. He also got Jackson Hook. And his wife is a rocket. Who's playing? Oh, yeah, Jackson Hook's wife is a Jackson rocket? Hook? No, no Anton Slepyshev. Ah. I miss her. 
Slep was 23, looking like he's 43. Yeah. Hard Russian years, man. Like, that was, we were looking at Zekov. <laughs> he's Russian tough, as fuck. Tough years, man. Go ahead. Tough years. Dan, go ahead. Jackson Hook now plays for uh, Acadia in the Canadian college ranks. Uh, they also got Kyle Platzer, who now plays for the Florida Everblades. And Aiden Muir, who plays for the Fort Wayne Comets. So a lot of ECHL... Uh, Plus ECHL players there. It only took us five <laughs> years. We got back to Zykov with the original pick. And then also, there's another part to this trade that, or this player that, that has an Edmonton connection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Former Oiler great Chris Versteeg. Preseason was, legend. Uh, was traded for Turncoat. Back, yeah. Back Chris when, uh, so Turncoat. The LA Kings Versteeg. traded for Chris Versteeg, Versteeg from the Carolina Hurricanes. And Zykov was part of the package, yes? Yep. No, that was back when he was back in the KHL. Because they traded, uh, they acquired Versteeg from Carolina and they gave up Zykov ah, uh, uh, in okay. 2016 trade deadline. So what we're looking at, if my math is correct here, this is the third professional team for Zykov, Dan. Correct. Is there any concerns about being 23 years old and being on your third NHL team? I don't think so. Like, it's one of those things. Carolina is not a great team. So I, I just, I don't think that there's a big deal there. Um, you know, it, when they're when these guys are magic beans in the QMJHL and the OHL, you never know what they're going to turn into. And so when they make that deal for Christopher Stieg, it's not a it's not a huge deal for the player. Um, and you know if you can't stick with the Carolina Hurricanes, why not try and stick with the Edmonton Oilers? That, that sounds that sounds kind of damning because <laughs> I think you're trying to sound positive, but what you said now is the Oilers are picking up scraps from the Hurricanes, yeah, and the Hurricanes hurt. are bad. So is this is this a good thing that we're picking hey. up players that are not good enough to be on the Carolina Hurricanes? Does it matter? They couldn't see the potential. That's what I'm going to go with. They couldn't see what he's bringing to the game. We have Hitch behind the bench. That guy will figure it out. And I think uh, we'll have a new uh, third line left winger right here. All right. So let's talk about that, Rick. Obviously, the Oilers now need to make a roster move to make some space for Zykov. It's not like they can send him down to Bakersfield. It's not going to work that way. So we need to make space. Rick, you've had thoughts. You were texting me on my way in. Uh, uh, what, what, my, what my thoughts were don't really matter because it's already been announced. But Patrick Russell went down. Did he? Yeah. Oh, shit. Right in mid podcast. We got to write an article. Down. Breaking news. Breaking yeah. news. Well, that's what I tried to start off with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We weren't sure if you were going like official with yeah, that. No, or no, if no, you're I just figured making everyone's call. on Twitter here. Like everyone just saw this by now. But no. Patrick Russell it is then. Well, there goes ruins my conversation, Cam. Way to go, buddy. I think they should send down Ty Ratty. <laughs> I, 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 honestly, I thought Ratty was going to go Before down. we started recording this, we were talking about why it might be Ratty in the sense that at least Patrick Russell was actually in the game last night. Two games in a row. Two games in a row, and Ratty's just like, well, but I think cocked. <laughs> I think for Patrick Russell, it does make sense because he goes down to the AHL and now plays some games. Like He's still a, he's the guy that Bob Nicholson loves and wants to use as a part of the marketing package. And so he's uh, so now he's on he's in the AHL roster playing games again. Can you guys so we're not doing Coombs trivia this week, but I want to give you guys just a little small taste of something that I whipped up right now in whipped. celebration of Valentine. If we get this wrong, do we have to do hot sauce? Whipped yes. Up. You okay. have to Evan will come in midway through the podcast. I don't know where he is. We haven't heard from him in days if anybody knows where Evan is. Uh, we might have left him at Kingsway Garden Ball when we were there yesterday. I don't know where Evan is. Not a big deal. But he got lost in the bay that used to be Zeller's. He, uh, yeah, he was going to pick up a new order of ketchup. So when he's back, if he's back, you guys have to drink all of it. His bay used to be Zeller's? Yes. Oh. All right. Can you name? That's a long time ago. So I think it's a well-known thing. The Oilers don't have a good time with Russian players. 
That's a fair <laughs> statement to make. You're too young to remember Bobo. You hold You're on. Gonna discount Alexei Mikhanov. I'm gonna Andre Kovalenko. Come on now, I've Alexei. Got, I've got a question a here. Who are the top three scoring Russians in Oilers history from either Russia or the the, the Soviet Union? Miko Koskinen is a goalie. No, so. Miko Koskinen is from Finland and he's a goalie. <laughs> and you're not going to bark out his name or Roman Hammerlick's name. Is, is, is Rick right? Is Kovalenko on that list? Kovalenko's got to Kovalenko be is the second number two. Yeah, I yeah, took I a picture with him at Carnival of Champions, Coop. What do you think about that? I think that's fantastic. Somewhere, he has no idea what Carnival of Champions is. I don't know what that is. I know it. Do they you really not know what Carnival of Champions is? They were so good, man. Oh, man. They were what the is that? Oh, so so every year, the Oilers and Eskimos would throw like a little carnival at Rexall Place, they would take out the ice. Obviously, it was in the offseason. And they would set up little games, and you would interact with the players. I remember shooting on Freddie Brathwaite. Oh, Freddie. Yeah, that's fun. When was this? Uh, mid-90s? Yeah, mid-early wow. 90s. I remember, hockey was fun. Yeah. I remember throwing footballs through fucking tires with the Eskimos. Sat with Gizmo. Took oh, a Gizmo. I know Gizmo. they used to do a thing, Oilers and Eskimos. Didn't they play like a... They played like a hockey game where there was Eskimos They players, did. They swapped up once and out. They did yeah. some of that stuff too. But I watched this was, one of those no, games. This was like an you. invite everybody into, into yeah. Coliseum, I guess it probably was at the time. Sky yeah, it probably, could have been Skyreach Center. Marius Tchaikovsky took me for a tour of the press box, Coom. He gave me a free, <laughs> a free drink, a fountain drink. And you know what I made? I made uh, swamp, swamp water. water. Yeah, you Fucking did. Right, I made swamp water. <laughs> Marius Tchaikovsky, great man. He gave me some popcorn. So we got Andre Kovalenko. Who's number one and who's number three? Boris Mironov. Boris Mironov is number one. Boris oh, Mironov nail. is the highest scoring Russian. Bobo, man, he was sweet. Nail Yakupov? Nail Yakupov is number three. Hell yeah. So what you're saying is... That was easiest. great. You guys did a great job. Trivia the bar is really low, Mr. Zankov. How many, how many more Russian players can you name? The only only 20, There's 23 guys in Oilers history. Igor Ulanov. Igor Ulanov is one of them. Yeah, yeah. he had 53 Alexei points Mikhanov. in his Oilers career. He was another guy who would uh, take a shot off his face if he needed to. Oh, you know what, boys? I can't believe it. You didn't do it. Coombs Trivia teaser is brought to you by our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant. They're going to get back-to-back plugs here. Sherwood Ford the Giant, sexy staff, sexy vehicles. They were stuffing a truck full of toys for the kids. They're just great people. They're great people. They've got great deals, great value. Go check them out, SherwoodFord.ca. Give them a call, 587-860-1538, or head on out to Sherwood Park, Alberta. It's beautiful out there. Dan lives there. 2540 Broadmoor Boulevard, Sherwood Park, Alberta. Sherwood Ford, the giant. Go ahead. I think when it's all said and done, Valentine Zykov can be in that top three Oilers all-time Russians. Well, I mean, like Rick said, it's a very low bar. Can can he bump Neil Yakupov? How many points did Yak have with the Oilers? 111. (laughs) Oh man! In 252 <laughs> games, it's not that bad. <laughs> oh boy! I think half a point a game. If you were a betting man, would you say that he could bump Dennis Grebeshkov out of the top five? Oh my God! Freddy. Dennis Grebeshkov is in the top five. <laughs> well, you did he have had, what do you have three stints with us? Yeah, a couple of tours of I duty. Think, I feel like they traded De- Dennis Grebeshkov for a second round pick like six different times, and he was involved in like a trade for Mark Andre Bergeron. I think at least twice. At he least, was at least twice. At least seven times. So where do you think Zykov's going to slot in with? Is he going to play on the fourth line or is he going to go well, whatever the fucking identity line is? I think where's he, he going to go? I think he probably ends up on the second line with Nuge. Who comes off that line? Who's on that line right now? It's, it's Drake and uh, Drake and Harvey. No, no, you can't take either. Drake had a huge game yesterday. Yeah, that that know, looks like tough. it's that looks like it's the second line now. Like it looked, they're like they're flying around. Like Kajula's got good wheels. Puliyarvi yeah. looks comfortable. I don't, I don't know if I would, I would mess with that line right no. now. I no, also I'm like man that hit on Dowdy last night. Kajula oh. Oh, helmet up in the visor, rips it off. That's great. Yeah. Maybe Zykov bumps Spooner out of the lineup. 
Could you imagine? Oh, that's See you later, so Spooner. Could you <laughs> turned Eberle into a guy that got bumped out of the lineup by a waiver by a waiver transaction? Well, speaking of uh, Spooner, since you made a little pivot there, Coom, today Dusty posted the November hot takes, his article that he does every month over at The Nation. Go check it out, OilersNation.com. He was talking about, and I would love to know your opinion, boys. He said in his opinion that the Spooner for Strom trade is actually worse than the Eberle for Strom trade. Oh, Cuddles. So Cuddles is getting no love here early on. Dan, what do you think about this? Do you think Dusty's right? Is he wrong? Uh, I don't know. It's like, I think we're, I think it's really, and I'm not saying Dusty necessarily, but I think the fan base in general is kind of forgetting how much we disliked Ryan Strom. At least Strom had a role. He had a role. He was, he was perfectly competent, like defensive center. Yeah, which, he just like super a, underwhelming. But that, that line was just a black hole where offense goes to die and nothing's changed. But they didn't get scored on. Like, yes. They weren't great, but they weren't horrible. They were just kind of neutral. They kind of just took up time on the ice. I also think that this is a rap, like ridiculously early to call a trade one way or the other. I see where he's coming from, though. You're talking about a guy, you're taking Eberle out and you're replacing with a real NHLer who was just fine as a third line center. And maybe had some upside had he played right wing on the top two lines. Whereas now you're taking that exact same player and replacing him with somebody who could easily be replaced by a six foot one, 223 pound Russian guy. We just picked up on waivers. The whole thing. So I get where Dusty's coming from here. When they, when they dumped Eberle, like part of it was a cap hit and part of it. Don't say that. It was not a cap. (laughs) Because they didn't do anything. People people say cap dumb, but also you could have just not signed because what, what the, Mm. what the weird rhetoric that she apologists use is they're like, Oh, like we had to dump money so that they, Dry Saddle wouldn't get offer sheeted, but you also could have just not signed fucking Chris Russell immediately. But like, we also had $4 million just sitting there doing nothing. But someone's definitely going to come out and give Dry Saddle like a $16 million offer sheet because that always happens. Yeah. Uh, right? offer we always happen. talk about these offer sheets that never happen. Let's compare apples to apples here. In seven games with the New York Rangers, Ryan Strom has one goal, two assists, and three points. And, and, he had, and, and how many points did he have with Edmonton? In Edmonton, one. he had two points, oh, one two. goal, one assist in 18 games. I just remember there was that point when he was on pace for six points. <laughs> We're jumping over to Ryan Spooner now. In seven games with the Edmonton Oilers, he is minus six with zeros across the board. In 16 games with the New York Rangers, he had one goal, one assist for two points. The worst is how, so beyond the cap thumb thing, so they wanted to move Eberle so they could acquire another center. And then they just ended up turning that center into another winger. So no, they got all bummed out because Everly didn't look great in the in the in the playoffs and wasn't this hard nose go in the corner muck it up type of guy that the NHL's moving away from right now. It's anything aside from that is making an excuse. One hundred percent everybody sat there and bitched that Everly looked bad, didn't try very hard, and all sorts of stupid shit like that. Whereas he just didn't have a great playoffs one time. Well, and that just kind of goes to Peter Torelli's MO of selling low, which everybody knows is the best thing you can do. Yeah. Sell Jordan Eberle, trade Jordan Eberle after his worst the other thing, like, statistical Even, even with that playoffs, it's like Nugent Hopkins had no goals, four assists in 13 games. And it's like, you're just going to give up on him because he didn't have any puck luck in the playoffs? Like, it, it's and the Leon a, contract didn't kick in until a year after anyway. So that's, that's just a low. I know, man. You got to watch out for those offer sheets. Back Jordan, to the original question. Spooner for Strom or Eberle for Strom, which is worse, Dan. And I'm going to counteract my own point here now, too, because Eberle is the year this year. He only has 11 points in 24 games. So he's not, he's definitely not world beater that 
But at least for, in fast. that one, you went NHL player for an NHL player, whereas the Strom Spooner, you went NHL player for a marginal guy who easily could not be in a lineup as of tomorrow. I think the Strom Spooner trade will be the last trade that has Peter Shirelli's fingerprints all over it. Please, please let please that be true. Be right. Oh, my God. Oh, just the thought of it. <sighs> what do you know? I just think that that's the last transaction. Is there a source? No, no source there. I just think Damn. that I think that organizationally they they've taken the reins away from him, and he's he's probably. Then this is just my opinion, but I think that he he doesn't have a lot of clearance on a lot of moves now. He has to he has to run that through the red tape. Yeah, I think that goes through a couple of guys. Yeah, I have a feeling that he's already gotten axed, and they're just hanging on to him, and then they're going to make their change later. So he's just like a puppet. Yeah, and he's got. I don't strength. know if he would want to do that. You know what? With his interview with like Gene after the trade, the Strom Spooner trade, and just like after, or no, I guess that was the Ken Hitchcock one, and then the Spoon Strom, uh, Spooner Strom trade. Fuck me, I'm battling. Stromer it's just spoon. like it's he a grind. looks so beat down right now that I wouldn't doubt that he's not allowed to do anything, and he's just like a dance cowboy. Do you think they took away his keys from the office, and now he has to text somebody when he's there? And they're like, oh, he's can you knock let on me the in? door. Yeah, <laughs> can you can you let me in, please? Maybe. Maybe. Is he still allowed to drive to and from work? So to answer your question, Bag Milk, Go ahead. I, I, think, still. I do think that Dusty's probably right here. It's not right even heated. It's out in the road. He's got to pay fucking in park. <laughs> Go ahead. I think Dusty's probably right here. That the that the Spooner for Strom trade is is worse than the Strom for Eberle trade. Coom, yeah. is Dusty right? No, the, the Eberle for Strom trade is still really bad. Are you still, like, what you did is you sold extremely low on a pretty good player and just brought in, like, we all... We, we all knew what Strom was at that time, even though he was a fifth overall pick. Like he wasn't like a high offensive player. His game clearly wasn't translating into NHL all that well. You still just gave up like like a high quality talent. Like like I don't know, Strom to Spooner isn't that big of a dip. It's a pretty big dip. But like man oh man, dumping like and like a like a twenty thirty goal guy for for Strom is still just like impossibly bad one for one. Former twenty thirty goal guy. Yeah, lots of time left. Still I'm, still holding on, I'm still holding on for 27 to get four or five by the end of the calendar year. Yeah, we are going to get to the Lucic struggles because <laughs> Rick, you've been dropping some hot Lucic takes over the last few weeks. And I don't know, man, they're not playing out very well. I'm for you. sticking with that. I lost my he's going to score in Calgary, but I threw out a backup plan <laughs> and I'm holding on to that backup plan right now. And a hell of a plan it was this First half of the Oilers Nation radio podcast, again, brought to you by our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant, 2540 Broadmoor Boulevard in Sherwood Park, Alberta. Give them a call, 587-860-1538. Again, that's 587-860-1538. Go talk to Victoria at SherwoodFord.ca. She's available right now to guide you wherever you need to go on your vehicle-related journey. How have uh, how has Frank and Gus been doing the good, good boy battle? My man is on a two-game win streak. And last night, zero hesitation on his Oilers pick. He just bolted to it. Yeah. Fucking guy's a genius. And Gus? It's not his fault, frankly. You see what I did there, Dan? Ah. That the Oilers have been letting him down. Winnable games. Frank should have more points. Now, yeah, he's, he's gone Oilers solid for He's gone Oilers solid seven. probably the last five or six in a row. Yeah. And you've swapped up sides, too. See, that that's important to that. notice. That's important to notice. People always say Frank goes to the same side, and he does not. Oh, Rick, no. pick that up. Rick has been a loyal Frank's Picks watcher. To answer your other question, big Gus fan, big did fan. win last night. Nice. However, he lost against Dallas. Ah. So, the good boy battle rages on. Frank is now back to 500. No need to brag. I also had a pet store reach out to me and offer free stuff for Frank because he's awesome. Humble brag. Shout Thanks out to them. Done. 
Boys, I want to talk about the Hitchcock era. They are now 3-1-1 one, and one in said era. And they are now on a two-game win streak. Big win against Dallas and OT. Big win last night against the Kings. Rick, what are you seeing in the five games of Ken Hitchcock behind the bench so far? I don't know. I think they, they're playing a little more confident in themselves. Uh, inside their own blue line, they're definitely a lot better. Uh, I know he said he, I think it was Connor who said there hasn't been much changes, much changes out there yet. But there's there's something out there where they're just they're they're playing a little bit better. They're everyone's uh, holding their position a little bit better inside the uh, inside the dots, keeping that puck away. We're getting good goaltending right now. I mean, the offense really isn't incredible right now. But let's take care of our own end and work the way out and go from there. Dan, you were at the game last night. What did you see? I think a big thing that's just been noticeable in the in the game since the McClellan era is our breakout and i know that that was like the first thing that hitchcock talked about puck support yeah yeah giving giving some options coming out of the zone when the defense finally gets the puck away i think i do think that they still are pretty scrambly in their own end and it's it's frustrating to watch still um that goal before well the goal that was disallowed last night they were just oh boy they were just uh they were just standing around watching that one i'm hoping it's old muscle memory as they kind of like they get run around a little yep. bit they kind of like oh shit oh shit oh shit and forget what hitch is saying and they kind of go back to what they've been told the last couple of years yeah uh so in the long run i think uh, hitch will kind of fix that stuff up but yeah no they do revert back to some bad For tendencies sure. a little bit but so so it's big i think it is a big thing that hitchcock has worked on with getting them out of the zone um they're still they're still creating so much of the offense off of the rush but uh but yeah that'll uh I think that'll come with time. Hitchcock's uh, Hitchcock's style is to start defense and then work your way out from the net. Cam, what do you think? I've noticed they come out harder uh, after periods. I find that they don't have a lull at the start of any period yeah. in general. The no. only time we really saw it is when they were in LA and they came out super slow to start the game. But in the second and third period, they came out guns a blazing. I thought I had noticed that all year, though, even when Todd was around. Like they'd have a bad first or second, and then wham! That third period, they came out as like Connor was knocking over some garbage cans or something. Another thing I've noticed in the Ken Hitchcock era in four starts, Miko Koskinen has a nine three six save percentage. Looking at Miko Koskinen's season as a whole, he is now seven two and one with a two two six goals against and a nine two four save percentage. Guys looking good. I mean, that disallowed goal, though, real ugly. Oh, so and the fact that that one came back, whew, we're going to thank our lucky Hitchcock stars for that one, Dan. Arguably, he wouldn't, uh, Talbot wouldn't have been able to make that save with his back turn he did last night. Either. Oh, yeah, that was weird. Well, that, that was weird like, bounce. Uh, that reminded, that gave me flashbacks to Jonas Gustafsson. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, no, face <laughs> but, the right way, pal. That's the big man, though. You know, when you get that, uh, when you get those big body just spread out, it's all good. He is a very large man. He's about 6'9 on skates. So that brings me to a conversation, a heated debate that we have all the time here at the office. You guys know we like A, the answer, always on the roster. Alex Chason had that title. He scored again last night. He's got 11 goals and two assists, shooting for a Cy Young this year, 13 points in 19 games. Whereas Koskinen has been lights out. He has claimed the starting role from Cam Talbot, at least right now. Cam, I know you're passionate one side of this argument. Miko Koskinen has become the answer. He became the answer in that game against Dallas when it was 0-0 and there's one second left and Alex Radulov carried the puck behind the net and everybody was standing and everybody was watching and nobody was looking at Jamie Benn or Tyler Sagan and he got the puck. (laughs) Never heard of them. He got the puck right in front of the net and almost ended that game and broke everyone's heart. 
Yeah, that was close. And Miko Koskinen with a huge save. I was sitting right there. That would have been classic Oilers. Miko Koskinen is now the answer. I would have raged. That would have been a meltdown. That would have been an infinitely bigger meltdown than the disallowed goal in the overtime because that was a meltdown. If they had allowed that goal with one second left, somebody, I don't know, they would have been bad news bears. Dan, your thoughts on the answer title? I think, I don't know if I'm ready to give it to him yet, but I think that Drake Kajula is right there. Oh, you got a third answer. Rex appreciating the Drake Kajula. Go ahead. No, I'm uh, every time I hear someone try and start to pump uh, Drake's tires a little bit, I'm getting a little more excited. I know yep. I was on his I was pumping him from this all summer and I've heard and read nothing besides people shitting on him and this he's horrible, he shouldn't be in the NHL, oh, the NHL and blah, area. blah 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 blah. You're reading Henderson's tweets like Oh my god, he wasn't <laughs> We definitely never said that around this year. We have always been big Drake believers. There are a lot of people on, on Twitter that were just shitting on Drake for all the like the stupidest little reasons. The thing that I never understood about Drake Kajula is it always seemed that he just got way more leashed than a guy like Jesse Pulley That always bothered me, where he would make the exact same mistakes as Jesse would, and I was just like, I don't understand here. This is like a very what the fuck's going on kind of decision-making process to me. It's not so much a shot against Drake as the people who are running the show. No, and that's fair. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think that that's always been an argument with the this whole regime has just been the guys that the guys that get the push versus the guys that can we rank the mistakes though like were they all grade a mistakes or do you know the yes you have more high-end mistakes where drake's were a little bit lesser mistakes you know you gotta look at position you gotta look at there's a lot of stuff for sure but it's look at the grit chart but no bank milk's right like there is there is some times where you're just like why is that guy got a leash whereas you know what and you know he's right there i know so many people hate hearing this but the the type of game he plays the team can feed off of uh you can get in the player you can get in the opposition's head he goes out there he bangs bodies he's crashing he did that last year he the guy had a broken jar or whatever it was and still tried to scrap somebody yeah i would be very happy to admit i'm wrong on drake kajula happy to i i think i called 18 goals at the beginning of the season for i don't i don't but to, to come back to the conversation i don't think he is the answer right now i just think that he's he's always knocking at the door wait a minute where you threw you threw his name in the room. i did throw his name out there i just don't think he's the answer yet he's i would good, still give he's it a to, good guy to have in the mix but he's not a the answer type i still my, give it to chieson my problem right so. now is i don't have an answer to who's the answer there's no definitive run for me if chieson cooled off then i'd be like okay it's obvious that uh koskinen should have it but that hasn't been the case yeah chieson shooting at like 85 percent <laughs> fucking score 50 goals. He scored, on, he scored on every single shot that he's had. 50 goals. It's unbelievable. 50 goals and 65 but the thing is, shots. With, with Koskinen and why I like him as the answer is the team seems to play a more competent game when he's in net. They seem to be more down to take risks. They seem to play with more speed. There seems to be more. I think there's some coincidence in there. I don't think the team sits there and goes, who's good net? Thank God they, it's him and we see, can play a little see, bit better. They see big Miko Koskinen net like a big fucking tree taking up the whole net. And they're like, damn, I can make a mistake because we got our large man. <laughs> I was going to say large adult son, but the dude's like 31. But the that goaltender has to have the exact same, that has to have the uh, same uh, mentality or at least be allowed to have it. Like, oh, I can't make any mistakes tonight because I got, you know. My defense in front of me, this isn't very great, so I got to be perfect. And I guarantee you that's what got between Cam's ears. Speaking of Cam, big shout out to Talbot last night for his uh, celebration after <laughs> Oscar Clefbaum's game-winning goal. Team guy, team guy. He's definitely big a team guy. Big fist pumps on the sure. bench. Big fist pumps. We're going to get to Cam Talbot here right after the break, but I want to give a shout out to our friends at Get Sauced. Dan was at Get Sauced a little while ago. He sniffed 
the spices for radio silence they do exist it's wafting yeah you gotta waft it like your chemistry chemistry class you can't stick your nose in there no 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 not in radio silence (laughs) you will burn your nasal passages you have no idea how bad that hurts it was uh when they opened the box you did you got hit by that wall of spice well, no, yeah, no, I've, I've been around a couple of those as we try to make some sauces. It's going to be yeah. bad. Oh, no, it hurts. I it can't hurts. wait for Jay to cry. Jay's going to cry, Cam. Your trivia is going to upset his whole He talked a lot of shit and he's going to pay for it. You think he's listening right now? Of course he is. Listening live. Jay, you're in trouble, my friend. Shout out to our friends at Get Sauce, 9620 58th <laughs> Avenue. Give them a call, 780-462-2418, or go check out everything they have to offer, the sauces, the spreads, the rimmers, the accoutrement you need. Spices. Spice up your life. GetSauce.com. I want to go to back to Cam Talbot really quickly. We wrote on OethersNation.com that he is apparently available for trade. Frank Saravalli put that out for TSN. Rick is already shaking his head. I'm going to start with you, my friend. What do you think? Sure, I could see that the name is out there. I mean, obviously, there's six players on the team that are not available. And I see why, if that trade was made by somebody other than Chia, um, how it could help the team try and fix some of the things that Chia's fucked up. Uh, getting that four and a half out of here right away would be really nice. You have some, uh, some wiggle room there. But no, you can't. I haven't seen enough of Koskinen to say, you know what, this is our guy who's going to play 65, 70. Would we not get just get ourselves back in the same situation if Talbot didn't have a real backup where Talbot has to play 70 games? Well, who's going to back up uh, Koskinen? The original answer, Al Montoya. Well, he didn't do a very good job last year, so why would we think that all of a sudden that Montoya is going to take some of the heat off Koskinen and Koskinen can play the proper 67 to 72 games that you want out of a a starting goaltender, so he still has energy to go into the playoffs. After Cam wrote that article, it automatically got posted to uh, to Facebook, and I thought it was interesting that Oilers legend, Hall of Famer, Stanley Cup winner, Grant Fuhr weighed in on the conversation, and to paraphrase, he's basically like, I don't understand this at all. You need two goalies in the NHL. Yes. Confidence matters. Yes. It's not like Talbot forgot how to play in net overnight. The, only, thoughts? the only way I would do a Talbot trade, because I agree getting rid of him. And again, it's like what we talked about. It would be a Chiarelli sell low move. Like, oh, this guy was great for a large period of time and now he's been bad for a bit. Let's trade him while he's bad. The only way I would do it is if you trade him and this is something that other people I saw on Twitter talking about is like deal him in a swap, change of scenery kind of swap for another UFA goalie, like say like a Jimmy Howard and maybe throw in a pick to make that upgrade. That's See, the only way. I that do. doesn't make a lot of sense either. If you're going to move them, you have to go and kind of go after what you need. And then you can try and stop gap your backup goaltender. Like I know uh, Calvin Pickard was just available the other day. Uh, Dar- Scott Darling was on waivers. But if you yeah. could do like Cam That's Talbot. That's where I think you go for your do backup. Do like Cam Talbot in a pick and you pick up, say, Jimmy Howard, who this year has a 922 save percentage a couple of years ago, 927, lots of playoff experience. Like that might be an upgrade to make right now. So Grant Fuhrer's exact comment, Dan found it for me, was just an observation, but it takes two good goalies to be a successful team. And it seems a little early to think he can't play, in my opinion. He just needs some confidence to be back to being one of the best goalies in the league again. Talent doesn't just disappear. I happen to agree with Grant. I also have some confidence in reading that about when a Hall of Famer says that about you, you know? Exactly. And I also remember the days of when Anders Nilsson took over the net just three, what was it, three short years ago? This exact same thing happened. And how long did that last? Exactly. And then what they did when Talbot started to heat up again was they traded Nilsson and they downgraded their backup position. So 
what makes sense to me is to have them both. Right. Have for them the both. Year. And if Talbot is going to be fist pump and cheering on goals on the bench, the guy doesn't seem rattled to me. No, he's fine. He, did the, he played behind Lundqvist, which has got to be a little tough to do because you know you're never getting out there. This is when Henrik was at his best. Then he got his opportunity out there when Henrik went down and he made the most of it. If you believe in Cam Talbot, which I think all of us agree that he's not a garbage goalie, he's a good goalie, he's just going through a rough time. Would you right now, if you had the option, sign him to an extension at lower than you expected to sign him for, say this time last year? Maybe What's like it, it depends on what the number is. Yeah, it depends what the number is. And it also depends with... Because there's no doubt these past two seasons have taken him down from like a top UFA goalie to, you know, in the middle. He yeah, but this, the, the guys in front of him aren't... Last year, it was not a very good season for anybody, especially a defenseman. I don't think we can pin a lot of that on him. I have not seen a lot of goals this year on Talbot that you're like, ooh, that's a bad one. There's been some out there where you do the old, your goalie's got to make that save, which is fine. But I mean, those aren't really a goalie killer. There's been no bad goalie killer goals scored on him. I remember a couple, they're giving it to him at the top of the circle. Yeah. These NHL players are getting, these NHL shooters are getting paid to shoot. They can pick corners. He's getting paid. Talbot's getting paid, and he got bested by the guy. Like, well, and it's like you can do. And it's like last night too. You look at you look at Koskinen when if that goal is not disallowed and we lose that game three two because of that goal, everybody's murdering Koskinen for that. Oh, they're, yeah. Well, even even Talbot's last game that he played in Los Angeles on Sunday, the game winner was a fucking breakaway by Anze Kopitar. Yeah. At some point, you gotta be like. Well, yeah, but he should have stopped it. Or maybe you're looking at who's coming down on him and being like, oh, God damn it. Fuck. Yeah, like it's, he got beat one. It's a, it's a coin flip. Uh, like Rick said, though, nothing has been so egregious and offensive that's gone in on him. He, he needs a chance. Give him some time. And you know what? The nice part is that Koskinen is playing well right now, and you don't really have to worry about it. That's Let why it's good to have two good goalies. Exactly. That's why you don't pull the trigger on a trade unless you get in the goalie. Why is it that some people in Edmonton think that you have to limit the number of good players on the roster? It makes no fucking sense to me. Well, you like, can't well, have too many good players. Well, you they've got one goalie that's good. Get rid of the other one. No. See, it's I like, just, no. <laughs> I think with a lot of people, it's just that they want, or the people want to believe that Talbot's going to turn into turn us, you know, go get a top six left winger, top six white ringer. When does that, who's making the trade, when does that ever happen? When was the last time a goalie got you traded? You have no for like confidence a- in the guy pulling the trigger. That's just it. And, Zero. And so he, so, but that's where that, I think that's where it comes from. We, that, that desire to trade is to just upgrade the disaster of a roster. That oh, to try and help him dig himself out of the hole he's put himself like in? We literally, we, we can't sit here and piss about Strom for fucking Spooner. And then be like, let's sell low on Cam Talbot. Exactly. Like, good lord. Peter Sell Low Shirelli should not be making any trades. Peter Sell Low. Agreed. See what he did there? Boys, last night the Oilers made their retro jersey debut. And by retro, I mean the exact same ones that Connor wore a couple years ago. A little bit of different piping around the neck, I guess. Mm-hmm. One was a Reebok, one was an Adidas. Adidas. Big change, mm-hmm. big change. Big, logos. big change. So I want to know what you guys thought of the blue jerseys. Personally, I think those are so much better than the orange. Those should be the everyday jerseys. Dan, I know you've got thoughts on the Condors jerseys. I like those too. Start with you. What do you think of the jerseys? I, I The only problem I have with our blue jersey is that blue is the most common color in the league. And so it just, as a primary color for a jersey, I mean. Uh, and so that that bugs me, and I like I like the fact that we went with something different in the orange. The problem with the orange that we wear now is that, and we should be going back to our old playoff orange. In, in our old is in two years ago, uh, 
because this orange is just highlighter orange, gross, two two orange pylon kind of coloring. So so I I don't like the royal blue just because it's it's such a common color in the league. I think that like you said, bag milk. I sh- we should be going with the Condors style of navy blue. At least it's a it's a darker darker blue, and then using that orange as a highlight. But that's my opinion. Essentially, like the Cons blue. You mean like like Oilers two thousands blue? If you haven't seen the Condors jerseys that Dan is talking about, it's essentially the Oilers jerseys but flipped. Yes. Orange yeah, that, shoulders, blue body. That navy blue that they have on their shoulders right now is is their full is like the primary jersey color. Yeah, I would love to see them bring back just something from the two thousands, like. Like I, I really love the metallic sperm jersey. I think it would look sick as an Adidas jersey. Or as I've said in the past before, <laughs> get that get that shoulder rigger guy, the guy with the stick. Get that as the main logo. And a oh, dark go blue back jersey. to the like the ninety six to ninety nine type, the Doug Waite, the Bill Guerin, those the are Oilers. Just a lot of white. Yeah, but those are crisp, They're clean so looking jerseys. Yes. Go check out your your local uh, London Drugs uh, calendar from ninety seven. <laughs> I think that's probably what they're wearing. I don't know. I'm just I'm off board on the orange. I don't. I'm. I think those would be cool if they were a third. There. No, that's a third. That's a third jersey. If they wore those a handful of times a year, you'd be like, okay, I can get behind the orange. Like they should have. In my opinion, they should have four jerseys. They should go back to what they were rocking in, like with the with the royal blue and like those ones as their main sets. You can have a throwback weird orange jersey as something random, but then also have a unique third that's like the comet jersey. So right behind four us, jerseys. Right behind us, there is a framed ryan smith jersey and it's a beautiful blue that's a hell of a jersey i think that's the ticket damn they look good in those things yesterday. is that different than last night's it's exactly that's my point it it's has this a jersey different... behind us is like it's a ryan smith jersey we'll post it on our social media it's a blue body orange shouldered ryan smith jersey from probably i don't know when he came back from la i'm guessing yes it's the exact same that he wore last they wore last night they're calling him retro that's just a different conversation we should have <laughs> whatever i like the blues all around blue or orange, Dan? Orange. Cam? Blue. Plus a new one. Blue. Dan, you're outvoted. You are off the island. All right, that's so fun. that's it. We're going to send uh, We're gonna send the facts and we're going to say the orange shoes are done. Take them off. This Jersey Talk, of course, brought to you by our friends at Get Sauced, 9620 58th Avenue in beautiful Edmonton, Alberta. Give them a call, 780-462-2418 or go check them out at GetSauce.com and go find yourself some flavor. Guy Fietti would encourage it. Flavor Town. Bring it to your house, Cam. Bring it to your house. Another Jersey conversation I wanted to have last night is we got into a very serious investigation on sw- on Twitter last night. Somebody, a Nation fan, spotted a McDavid Los Angeles Kings jersey. Now, he posted a picture of the Nation. I said, we need to get some eyeballs on this thing. A lot of flooding comments came in that that was an all-star jersey from a couple of years ago when it was in LA. Further deep dives, further pictures from the Nation. A whole whack of private investigators at Rogers Place last night discovered that there was a man wearing a Los Angeles Kings confirmed Connor McDavid jersey. Rick, I know you had some thoughts on what he was doing. Go ahead. It's a hell of a troll job. I have to give this guy a pat on the back because that was the Wayne Gretzky. Was it the Gretzky uh, emblem or was it like the LA one? It was the LA one. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's kind of you would have got bonus it's- points if it was like the crown. No, yeah, like the yeah, that's the one I thought it was at first, and then that you know I give that guy full marks for that. I'll I'll go get him a beer. Uh, yeah, no, you had a good time with it. Uh, if I was a Kings fan, I'd probably be doing that type of stuff too. Like, hey guys, you know we got the greatest player off you last time, and the <laughs> clock's a ticking. You got Connor for another whatever the time is. Figure it out. But yeah, hundred years. Yeah, he's gonna he's ours right away. Dan, thoughts? I'm just surprised nobody called nine one one on that one. 
You so I, were involved in the mix last night. You I found was. an actual all-star game jersey. The key, the key to any jersey nowadays uh, is to look at the name bar and the name bar on that all-star jersey from uh, from their what was it the what year was that? A couple years ago, I think. Yeah, a couple years ago. Years ago was uh, is is the lettering, and the lettering was just very different from. Uh, it's not as wide. The letters weren't as wide on the uh, all-star jersey. That's so. a great eye. I would never have noticed something like that. Dan's what, all in. Fonts. This I'm was a very fonts. Dan loves fonts. That, <laughs> There's one italic? thing that Dan loves. It's going to freefonts.com yep. and perusing the options. There's just so many there. He likes to download things, maybe make a little graphic for himself. It's I'm great. pro Comic Sans. <laughs> very. I comic remember sense. one time I was typing something up on a Word document in Times New Roman, and Dan walked up behind me and he grabbed me by the collar and he said, "Use a better fucking font." Yep. And he went with wingdings, and it was just like a really weird thing because only Dan can read wingdings. Yep. But it works. It was it great. Works. It was a great article. One reader, though. Only one reader. You. Not, not great for the website. Boys, we are winding down our time on this week's episode. So we have to look back. This is a throwback to episodes past where we made bets on when Milan Lucic would score his next goal. Now, Rick said it would be in Calgary when we were all going down to Calgary. That did not happen. Whoops. Nope. Dan, you were up next on the clock with I a did. goal against the Los Angeles Kings at home last night. That did not happen. Nope. Wah, wah, wah. Cam, when were you at? I'm on New Year's Eve still. So, so I got three survivors. We got me, we you, a, and Chris, the intern. So we have a big old gap here. We are. Jared is showing me that we have got a lot of time left to kill. So we're going to stretch <laughs> this one out a little bit. <laughs> We've been talking for like we talked for like half an hour, and you're like, I'm out. I'm over it. Give I me, thought we were way f- later. Normally, I have a clock running. Room. All right. I guess I'm up next because I've got Lucci scoring in the game right before the Christmas break, break against Tampa Bay. Tampa. I don't like my chances. I don't like your chances either. Uh, you know what? He started to buzz. He had that wrapper on last night that could have yeah. gone in off a skate. It was looking good. You know that's where he's getting his goal. It's- no, it's gonna. Someone's gonna take. What's gonna happen? And it's gonna be hilarious. Is he's yeah. gonna come down the wings. Full speed, head down, Ryan Smith, clapper, bar down. That's how he that's scored. That's what's going to happen. Oh, that's, that's how he scored his last goal of the season last year. It's going to happen. Came down the left wing and he ripped a clapper like, through the goal. They're going to be playing the Jets and on New Year's Eve and he's going to come down against like Tyler Myers or something and Myers is going to be half asleep and then Lucic is going to clock one past Laurent Brossois and it's going to be like, what the fuck? Man, last night he got the puck, <laughs> he got the puck in the slot. With about three minutes left to go, and I was the only person standing up at that moment because I was just like, "It's happening! It's happening!" And then that half clapper came out. And it well, you needed it, Dan. You needed. I did. It. I tweeted gonna... at you at the beginning of the third period. I'm yeah. like, "You're on the clock, pal." That guy. That guy suggesting that we have to eat beets if he doesn't score. Like, why does he hate us? Hey, do so we have long? any? We, we never made any bets involved with this, right? So we're, we're no. calling it the Lucic bet. Yeah, there was no stakes. There's well, that's no what stakes. I was saying. I've got this written down on my list that we need to add stakes to these bets. Well, that and well, I That's think true. delicious Trump steaks would be the choice. <laughs> yes, for of me. course we get some Trump steaks. But uh, very delicious, always tender. See, I've been arguing that we should have Slightly a draft. Russian. We should draft every game remaining in the season, and and then that way there's actually a winner to this bet. And then the loser. What if we like, all lose though? Well, because oh, one person's going to win. No goals. Could you imagine he goes the rest of the season without scoring? Scores but that could also be a bet. You could goal. say he's not going to score again, and that's your bet. It's like a short sell on him scoring. But goals. is this like price or prices right? And if he scores, say on January the fourth, no. I win. No, I feel I'm like it should be prices right. No, no. This is why we have to have the draft because that way you actually have a game that you have the choice of, and you've picked that game. And if I don't get it right on that game. 
then next up is Rick. I want to see the trades that happen game. after the draft is done. Oh yeah, exactly. Hey, yeah, yeah, I like your Jan. I got a January sixth here. I'll throw in a twelfth, but give me that uh, yeah, January twenty yeah. seventh one. This is a thing we're doing. All right, so next week on the podcast, we are going to draft games for the Milan Lucic pool. So what do we got between now and then? We've got Vegas. Yep. And then they take off on the road again. So no, they play. They play like every second day up until Christmas now. Yeah, Monday, Wednesday. They got a hell of a schedule for the rest of for all of December. So we've got a window here before between the next episode of the podcast where he could technically score, but I think we need to come in <laughs> and I ruin mean, it all. I don't think we have to worry about it. I don't think we have to worry about it. I also think we're gonna he's gonna pop three on Saturday. If he gets this. it on if he gets it on Saturday, it's mine. I win. Wait, which game Call did it. you pick? Yesterday. No, oh, you're over. No, you price didn't. is right. This price is right. You're over already. That's over. So you're oh, no. over. Yeah, yeah. So for example, if he scores on the 29th and my pick is the 30th of New Year's Eve, then I win because I'm the closest price is right style. And I'm the game right before Christmas. So if he scores on Saturday, that would technically be my goal. Like, yeah, see, you get you like one dollar really, in there. I you like get it. screwed out of this one by a bag milk. Okay, well, one dollar. We should wait until this seems unfair. <laughs> no, it seems unfair. I feel like <laughs> I feel like look, right. I feel like I've made a really good decision here, and I'm going to get shafted out a bit just because Rick and Dan made poor choices. <laughs> so I feel like I'm also in a good. Spot I don't want to. So there's, there's actually four games now between now and next week's podcast, so we might have to do the draft a little early. He's going to do the draft. What, what do we got? What do we got coming up? We've got Vegas on Saturday. Possible. Uh, well, we if have anything's possible, Dallas, yeah, all possible. <laughs> we have Dallas on Kevin Monday, <laughs> Dallas on Monday, and then we're in St. Louis on Wednesday. He's not scoring in St. Louis. Why isn't he scoring in St. Louis? Because they're, they're actually right a team. Now. He might they're score. They're terrible. They're no, they're right a team. Now. They're in last they're place. In they're an actual NHL team. Which he might means score that. revenge for uh, for old Hitchcock, though. <laughs> you know what? If you saw Milan, what Line did to the Blues, right? Yes. Oh. If Milan Lucic, you just was... compared Milan Lucic to Patrick Line. Yeah, maybe like a half guy. So we'll get two and a half of that one. Speaking of Line, Yost tweeted out that he's at about 500 career shots and he's still around 20% shooting percentage. It's just man, ridiculous. his stat line this year literal Cy Young 21 goals, three assists. He had 18 goals and one assist in November. That's awesome. That's so good. Because I remember everybody was like, oh, he hasn't scored an even strength goal yet this year. And that was like two weeks ago. And then all of a sudden he's he's on pace for like 75 goals this year. All right. Back to Lucic here for a second, because we're going to do the draft. Yes, technically he could score between the, now and the next podcast. But I think those should still come to me. Those should still come to me. Those are daddy bag milk goals. <laughs> Rick, however, I've got a problem with your other bet that you threw in on Lucic. Where yeah, he's gonna I, needed get four a, I needed a backup plan here. He's going to get four or five by the end of the calendar year. Cam, you're staring at me like you don't like that idea. No, he's uh, he's going to score on New Year's and he's done for the rest. <laughs> and he's done for Man, the rest of the season. And he's not going to bury one in 2019. He's got two goals in his last 71 bets. games. Two goals in his last 71, Dan. So I think maybe we should think about some stakes. Yeah, absolutely. For we should- who gets... Because now that we're going to have to do a draft, we're going to have a winner. We got to have the listeners help us out with this. If you got a suggestion, if you're one of the three people, I know one you doesn't, that's a real life joke. But if you're one of the three people <laughs> that you listen to this podcast, tweet us what we could do for a punishment or a winner. Something. We need something. Whoever loses has to go outside and we'll spray them with a cold hose. As opposed whoever- to a warm hose. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was going to say whoever loses has to live with Evan for a weekend. That would be terrifying. Right? I see. I thought, okay, so so I think that the, the the bet should last for the rest of the season. Of course. And then the person that wins the most of those of this bet gets to gets to select a name on the back of a jersey that each person has to purchase. Oh, I'm actually doing a bet loses. with uh, Adam from TLN and it's oh. about the Oilers. So it's 
if the Oilers make the playoffs, because I think they will. When? When the Oilers make the playoffs? Yeah. Thank you, Rick. That's the, that's the bet. So when the Oilers <laughs> make the playoffs, then I get to pick a jersey that he buys and he has to wear it for a week straight and vice versa for me. So if the Oilers miss, he gets to pick a jersey for me to buy and I have to wear it for a week straight. Okay. So that's a good one. Like I like the... Team I think specific or what? No, well, that's I, the I just thing. get to pick anything. So say the Oilers make it and I'm like, okay, you have to buy a Leafs jersey that says... I don't know, like Shrek on it or something. The best thing for that is that because <laughs> you have I have to could, wear it for a week. Like I could force Coom to pick a Yankees jersey <laughs> that says that says Blue Jays suck. That kind of thing. So you can make it. You can yeah, make yeah, it. I see where we're going with this. I'd be now. mean. Oddly <laughs> personal. You could be like you could put some wit into it. Yeah, it's true. I like a jersey idea. I would make but, you buy a Minnesota Wild Connor McDavid jersey. Yes. Oh, so you have so to wear good. it for a week. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> Can, <laughs> you imagine? Canucks Messier. So there's a there's a lot of. There's <laughs> See, a I lot think of, that's kind of funny. I'd no, wear a if, if there was a, no, yeah, if there was a Canucks fan out there, that's definitely <laughs> the one. I'm so there's make, a lot of losers in this bet. I would make good. all of you buy a McDavid Leafs jersey. Okay, so where are we going with this? <laughs> I think the we, losers we, have to wear the jersey. So what does the winner get? So the winner of the whole season gets to choose a jersey for each person to purchase that loses okay so if i if i have okay. the most milan lucic goals in my games at the end of the season i get to tell rick he has to buy a carolina hurricanes stanley cup championship shirt oh i'm going rick. home That's oh my god so the numbers oh six you just cut him deep that is you just he's, he's getting deep. up and he's walking oh, up the door these are getting spicy that now. was Never yeah. forget. Oh. oh, Jared throwing in never forget is the so, new bar on a Carolina Hurricanes. And then, and then for bag milk, I choose a, you know, a Vegas Golden Knights number one fan jersey. And then for Coombe, I get him to wear a New York Rangers Cam Talbot jersey. Wow, that would know. be devastating, man. Yes. No, wow. I really like the Yankees one. I, feel I think like we I should be able to go interleague. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can go. You can do it. Whatever, I'm going to make you buy you a Jacksonville Jaguars Tom Brady jersey. <laughs> I'd wear that. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Okay. I'd rock the Minnesota Timberwolves Barry Bonds jersey. Fly right to Boston with that turn on too. All right, I like this. So we've got some groundwork here. Next week on the podcast, or maybe earlier, we're going to do a little draft. We're going to pick some Milan Lucic games. Rick, congratulations, or uh, best of luck on your four goals by the end of the calendar year. Thank you. I don't think you're going to get that one. So wait, are we going to pick how many goals we think he's going to score for the rest of the year and we're going to pick those games out? You're just going to draft games. So every game of the season will be assigned to one of the people around the table. Snake then, style draft. And then, so if he scored two, he scores two goals in one game, that gives you two oh, goals. I so guess. We'll so you have, have like, his game and you get those goals. We'll yes. all have like six or seven games in our pocket. That took me a really most. fucking long time to wrap my head around. Yeah, yeah. Because I was sitting here, Dan was explaining it, and I was not picking up what he was putting down, and it was making me anxious, but now I get it. I like good. this. My favorite part of it too is that when Chris gets back, he won't know any of this is happening and he's going to get rattled. That's like, what do you mean? I have to buy a jersey. Like oh. he's so cheap and I love it. He better be listening to this though. Guarantee he's not. Chris is a terrible employee. <sighs> he's not oh, technically God. an employee. He's wow. an intern. Terrible friend. He doesn't get paid. He is just awful. He's enjoying Mexico and I'm very jealous and fuck Chris. Love you, buddy. Uh, next thing I want to bring up is Kaylor Yamamoto. I thought this episode was done, Bag Milk. Oh, we had to extend the time. We are killing Jared time because said, I thought we've got, we've still got six minutes here. So I thought we were done about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Turns out we are filling time. Well, you so can we jump into go. my thing that I mentioned if you guys want to talk at uh, the MLB non-tender um, deadline is coming yes, up. Yes, let's do this. A little MLB non-tender deadline coming up. Coom is very excited about what the Jays are going to do. They're going to bring back Paul Molitor <laughs> and John Olerud is going to be a 1994 reunion after th- they won. I think two. the Blue Jays should pick up Yunel Escobar. 
maybe bring Roberto Alomar back. He could spit on someone else's face. I just, like that. Just dead air. From that is Kuhl. my aesthetic. No, but I really want to You say aesthetic? Yes. Uh, I want to talk about Kaylor Yamamoto. Bob Stoffer tweeted out, don't be surprised if Yamamoto comes up in the next couple of weeks, blah, blah, blah. Rick is rattled. We now have Zykov in the mix. Does that hopefully prevent Yamamoto from coming up? It's not like he's been lighting up the world in Bakersfield, Rick. Yes, he's got to stay down there. I, I, Someone tweeted it out yesterday, too. I think it was actually you and Reed talking. Uh, you, there's no rush for him. He, when you get here, you want to be a top six forward, right? He's not a bottom six guy. You need him top, top six guy. Right now, you've got Pooley, RV and both Chase on, taking up both right wing spots in the top six. If one were to fall off, sure, maybe you want to start looking at picking up then. But you've got to give these guys a couple of weeks of falling off, quote unquote, before you actually look at this. He's not killing nothing down there. In six games with the Condors, he has one goal, an empty netter, I should add, and two assists. And I think a big thing for like, sorry, Rick, I don't no, go, cut go. you off, but I think a big thing for a guy like Puyarvi is actually having some time to just play with his line mates. You can make some mistakes and you're not yeah. worried about being, oh, fuck, I guess I'm off the lineup again or whatever. Like, that's the nice thing about what Hitchcock's doing with Puyarvi right now, in my opinion, is he's letting him do his thing. Work through it. Last night, charge into the net. Big fucking smile after that goal. Oh, I love Greasy it. one. They've actually got themselves a top six that makes sense. Kajula is working nicely on that second line. Pugliarvi seems comfortable with Nugent Hopkins. Chazon scoring goals all the time for some reason. McDavid and Dryas Heddle is a thing. They have the identity line as their third line. Now they need to like plug and play whatever the fuck their fourth line is going to be. And it cannot be Kyler Yamamoto, so just leave him down. Exactly. He's not going to... We already know they're not going to take apart this identity line. Uh, <laughs> I hate I, that. I, I think that. everybody oh, hates obnoxious. it. They honestly... <laughs> If Their they, identity if they, is that they'll never score again. If Go they ahead. got bumped down to the fourth line as the fourth line, then maybe outside chance. Well, if you're going to um, split up McDavid, Dryside, and do three centers, then you can maybe consider it. Well, yeah, you can start fiddling stuff in there, but maybe then, but they're not going to do that. We already know they're not going to do it. So now you're just looking at a fourth line player playing six, seven, eight, three and a half minutes. You don't want Yamamoto playing with Spooner? No. <laughs> well, you know what? There's a good chance they will be. Well, that's what it would be. If you call him in up, he's going to be on a line. He's going to be on a line with Spooner oh, and Patrick Russell. Right away. Well, and also Tobias Reader has got to be coming back right away. Exactly. Oh, Spooner's yeah. going to be bumped to the lineup. Somebody Dude, I just told you, Spooner's going to be playing at the Imo in the, in, in the A. Could you imagine? The, well, man, if that happens, I'm going to roar laughing. Is he wavering them? No. No. He's, he's also going like to take him either. He's got a $3.1 million cap attached to him. If Zykov starts, if Zykov has a relatively productive season and reader comes back. Well, I'm sorry guys. We're running out of room for Spooner. I'm not bumping Jujar. That's a hell of a fourth line. I like that. Cause Jujar. I'd rather have JJ as my fourth line center than Spooner. So the only and guy when you're going to bump Spooner, go, the only guy you're going to bump out for Spooner then is Milan Lucic. Kazian? No, cause oh. they're not touching that third line. No, cause Kazian's been playing well. Imagine being the guy that drafted the game that Milan Lucic is. Is healthy scratched for. I would call that a win. At least no, my I would you get points for that? Mine, no problem. I feel like you get a half point for that. At we least. should get, we should do like three points for a goal, two points for an assist, one point if he gets healthy scratched in your practice <laughs> games. Uh, we are adapting the rules. I like where this is going. This is going to be a great bet for the rest of the fifty-five. What an game. ugly leaderboard it's going to be, though. Oh, a hell of a leaderboard. Dan wins with one. <laughs> uh, and it's one healthy scratch game, no points. <laughs> I like this. I like this. I also like the idea that we came up with earlier that we should send Jay 
into the like the players entrance at Rogers place yes. and see if any of the security guards could tell the difference between him and Jason Garrett just in a suit just dress him up in a nice game day suit or Rick had another idea we set up a little table at West Ed oh right upstairs right outside the ice rink or something like that get it out of the way and just you know one or two of you guys up there kind of like monitoring the lineup yeah yeah so just have them there with pictures. a stack full of uh, headshots if you haven't seen this comparison we'll, we'll put up a we'll put up a side-by-side up on our on our social there on radio podcast you can check it out that jay garrison looking motherfucker they are twins same name even same name jason what's your name who are you sir meant to be i'm jay i like this we've got some wheels turning in different directions we've got a lucic bet building we've got a potential signing with jay downton going on this is a whole big big bundle of plans here Coop. big bundle of content Jared is playing us out. I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant as always, and get sauced. Go check them both out. Thank you for listening. Please share. Please retweet. Please tell a friend. Please tell your cousins. Tell them all. Shout out Damien. Shout out to Damien. Best wishes. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.